Howdy folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Utari and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm talking about spiritual growth, I'm referring to growth in our relationship with God and, 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 and our relationships with one another. What I'd like to do in this particular episode today is cover a topic that is really strong on my heart. In fact, I've entitled this particular episode, Enough, Disharmony and Senseless Division is Deadly. Enough. Disharmony and Senseless Division is Deadly. Now, we're going to pick up a story in the book of Judges from the Bible. Judges in the Old Testament. It goes Joshua, Judges, Ruth. It's in the early part of the Old Testament. Judges is a book that depicts the ruling government that was in Israel prior to the kings being in place. And so there were these people called Judges. And they were prophetic and they had power, they had authority, and the people looked to them for governance. And so, with the judges in place, they would have the word of the Lord, and that was how the nation was governed. And so, in the book of Judges, we pick up this one particular story where there was a war going on in the Middle East. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, right? A war in the Middle East? Wars have been going on in the Middle East for a long time. I mean, a long time, like Cain and Abel, long time, Book of Genesis, long time. Wars in the Middle East are not unfamiliar. Ishmael and Isaac, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Today, we still have wars going on in the Middle East, obviously. There are wars that are going on Not just in the Middle East, they're happening around the world. However, there's a war or a type of war that's been going on for far too long. And it is in the body of Christ. The body of Christ is meant to be just that, a body, a functioning body of Christ. Different members doing different things, but still one body and respecting the various members of the body. Not saying to the foot, what are you doing being a foot? You should be an eyeball. Or the foot saying to the eye, vice versa. We 
are to cooperate, not be in debate with each other. It's not uniformity, right? We're not talking about uniformity. Agreeing on what we should dress, how we should dress, what we should do, when we should do things. That's not necessary. That's called uniformity. Uniformity does not bring unity. It's like forced family fun. We're forced to be united or else. (laughs) Now, there is a consequence that goes with us being in a place of disharmony. It's called death. But it's not like in North Korea, where if you don't dress a certain way, you don't acknowledge what the supreme leader is talking about and be in agreement, you're dead in that respect. But that is oppressive. That is not liberating. That is bondage. And that is not unity. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what the scriptures are talking about. That's not what God is talking about when it comes to unity. Unity is being joined together in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's being joined together in our hearts, not by fabricated love or by doctrinal statements. It's by the presence of God and it's by love. But backing up a little bit, the war that I'm going to be referring to in the Middle East was actually an internal conflict that was going on in Israel. Kind of like the church, man. You know, an internal going on, a conflict happening inside of a group of people that are supposed to be representing God, literally supposed to be the living representation of God where God lives in their midst. Well, in Judges chapter 12, if you want to look it up later, Judges chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, I'm going to read this portion, but sometimes, you know, you want to get a little better picture. So read the whole chapter, chapter 12, and then some. But in chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, we're picking up the story about this conflict that took place between two different tribes in Israel, and the end result was devastating. So, Jephthah then called together the men of Gilead and fought against Ephraim. The Gileads struck them down because the Ephraimites had said, you Gileads are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. You get the picture? They were quarreling about what was being said. Somebody got their feelings hurt. Pride got involved. There is a giveaway right there. Pride got into the mix. You Gileads are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. The Gileads captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Ephraim, and whenever a survivor of Ephraim said, let me cross over, the men of Gilead asked him, are you an Ephraimite? Ah, come on, right? There was going to be a problem if they were an Ephraimite. They were fighting. They were proud. They got their feelings hurt. They were fighting. They were looking for a way to do something that was going to solve their pride issues, so they thought. So they go, if you say no, they say, all right, say Shibboleth, S-H, Shibboleth. If he said Sibboleth, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the fords of Jordan. 42,000 Ephraimites were killed at that time. 
42,000. Now, we don't necessarily have to kill people literally to wound people or to create divisions. In this situation, they used a simple word because one particular tribe couldn't say Shibboleth because their culture taught it Sibboleth. And so they tricked the people. If they said, no, we're not from this place, they said, well, say Shibboleth because they knew they couldn't say it that way. Isn't it funny that we can fight over the smallest things? In the body of Christ, we can find a reason to fight over because we don't say things exactly the same way as the other person. Somebody talks in tongues. The other person doesn't talk in tongues. Somebody says it this way. Somebody doesn't say it that way. Somebody believes that it's transubstantiation. Somebody believes it's consubstantiation. Somebody believes that it's pre-tribulation. Somebody believes it's post-tribulation. You get the picture. After a while, what do we got? You know what we got? In America, over 200 different denominations. There's probably more, but at least 200 different denominations. Across the world, 45,000. And the age-old question is, well, then, which one of them is right? And the answer is, yes. <laughs> The answer is yes. You pool everything together and you have one body, but why are we still fighting? I'll tell you the reason why we're still fighting. Pride. But I get ahead of myself. Israel had just won a great battle in this story, right? If you read the whole chapter, they just won a great battle. And in that whole thing, Somebody got their feelings hurt because somebody said, "You guys are renegades. You're you're not. You, you really don't deserve the credit." Instead of them saying, "Wow, you did a great job." Well, once again, somebody got their feelings hurt. Does that sound familiar? Somebody got their feelings hurt, and so what they did was they said, "I am going to take my toys and I'm going to go over here. I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home." You know the old story. Wah, wah, wah. But it goes deeper than wah, wah, wah. People get really lit over this stuff for the need to be right. A need to be right. Even if you're wrong, I'm going to be right. I am going to be right. If I have to plant an oak tree down here and the roots go down, it's going to be right. I'm going to stand by my rightness no matter what. I am right. Well, there are bigger things in the world than being right. It's having truth. Being right may just mean you have a portion of the truth. And you're not seeing the whole thing. So Israel had just won a great battle, but instead of joy, there was pettiness and quarreling. Does that sound familiar? Pettiness and quarreling. How many Baptist churches do you need? One, two, three, four, five, United Methodist? Or do you just want the Wesleyan Methodist? Do you want Roman Catholic or do you want Coptic Catholic? What do you want? Which brand do you want? Hey, do you go to McDonald's or Burger King? Come on, man. After a while, it gets old and it's ridiculous and it's unnecessary, and it's all based on pride. And guess what? The Lord God Almighty is bringing that down as we speak. Thank God. 
Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God some of these old, dead, dried up denominations are coming alive. But they're coming alive with new blood. You see, because some of the new generation is just not satisfied with that old way of doing things because they've always been done that way. The divisions. Oh, we don't talk to them because they talk like that. We don't talk to them because they dress like that. We, they believe that way. Well, we don't believe that way, so we don't hang out with them. The tribe of Ephraim was angry and jealous that they were not invited to join in the fighting. Although Jephthah had said that he invited them, the insults of the Ephraims they just enraged Jephthah, who called out his troops and killed, literally killed, 42,000 men. That's 42,000 families. 42,000 men from Ephraim. Jephthah usually spoke before he acted, but this time his revenge was swift. It cost Israel dearly, and it might have been avoided. Insulting others and being jealous are not right responses when we feel left out. But seeking revenge for an insult is just as wrong and very costly. Amen? Rewind and listen to that again. Pride was at the bottom of the quarrel. <laughs> Pride. Let's not call it any other word. It wasn't just, well, they had a real difference of opinion. You know, somebody, they really had a good point. It was pride. It was pride, and it was not the pride where, you know, you're kind of proud of the work that you did. That's different. This kind of pride is, I am right no matter what. And you hurt my feelings, and I have a right to have hurt feelings, and I'm going to have hurt feelings because it's the right thing to do. Pride was at the bottom of the quarrel. Only by that comes contention, right? By pride comes contention. It is ill to fasten names of approach upon persons or countries. It's just not right, man. It is just not right. It is something that is so unnecessary. And quarrels that prove to be deadly if they're not deadly, literally, they kill relationships. Relationships, man. Lifetime relationships can go down the drain because somebody says, you know what? That person's not really anointed very much. Or they didn't say hi, that hurts my feelings. Or I just want to do things the way that we always used to do them, and now they're changing. I don't like it. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can feel comfortable. Since when is convenience the calling of God on our life? I thought it was compassion. I know it's love. And it's not the type of syrupy love that we just sit around and agree all the time with each other. There are times we're going to disagree, but that happens in families. It doesn't mean because you disagree in your family that you're going to take a hike and get a new family. And for those of you who've tried, you're going to find the same old family in the new family. May the Lord incline all of his people to follow the things which make for peace. How about that? How about that? Being a peacemaker. That's a calling of God on my life. God has called me to make peace in the body of Christ. 
That's one of the anointings that he's placed upon me is to bring about peace. And so I'm calling it out. I'm calling for peace in the body of Christ. I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care if you're Methodist. I don't care if you're Catholic. If you believe in Jesus Christ and he is your Lord and your Savior, he's your boss, he's your guide, you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are filled with new life, you have divine life, you've been born again, you're my brother or you're my sister. We are one. We are called to be one. That is our calling card. Do we do things differently? Of course we do. We're all different. That doesn't mean that because you aren't exactly like me, that there's something wrong with you. In fact, it would be odd if you were exactly like me. It'd be uncomfortable. In Psalm 133, we have a beautiful psalm. And it is something that is not only a psalm that is nice to listen to, but it's a prophetic word about how we are to live and how we will live. And it goes like this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Powerful. It's like oil. It's like dew. It flows. Unity can be seen when the sun hits the oil and the sun hits the dew. It casts a great, beautiful picture. That's like us. When people see a united people in love in Jesus, it's undeniable what's taking place. We can't be hid. People look without even trying to look. They say, what is that? Because it's love. It's God. And that's what happens with unity. God commands his blessing there. He said he gives his blessing, life forevermore. His very life lives in the midst of a united people. Praise God. So, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? Number one, we ask God to penetrate our hearts and break up the proud areas of our life that hinder our relationships with one another. We invite the Holy Spirit to put the plow of his word deep, deep, deep down inside of us, deeper than it's ever been before. And say, God, I acknowledge that I've been proud. I've let things come between me and other members of the body of Christ that really are not consequential. Lord, give me a heart that is your heart for your body. Give me patience, understanding. Lord, give me your heart so that I can be joined together like Jesus was joined together with you. I can be joined together with my brothers and sisters and we can be joined together with you so that the world can see that we are one. Jesus, in John chapter 17 it's recorded that he prayed to the Father for just this very thing. And when Jesus prays, he's going to get an answer. This is going to be answered. This is being answered right now. As we speak, there is a strong surge of the Holy Spirit across the nations that is uniting us together in Christ. The division walls are coming down because they have been deadly. 
and also they have inhibited us or prohibited us from being effective, as effective as we possibly could be. If one can put a number of people to flight or a number of enemies to flight, I should say, how about two or 10,000 people? Come on, man. We are called to be united because we are stronger when we are united. We are weaker when we are divided. Ultimately, it leads to death. Jesus prayed to the Father, and it will be done. Not by force, by his spirit. His love, his presence in us, on us, and around us is going to get the job done. It's not us. We can't doctrine ourselves into unity. We can't agree on 10 words, let alone 10,000 words. It's not words. It's not even works. It's by his spirit. Lord said, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit that he gets things done. To us and through us. And so as we submit, he acts. What do we do? First and foremost, we lay ourselves out before the Lord and ask him to transform us. That's our number one job. Okay? And then after that, it's obedience. Pray and obey. Worship and obey. Respond to his presence. Obey. Humble yourself before the Lord and obey. Receive from God and obey. Be in love with the Lord and obey. Let's pray. Father, this is it. This is the hour. This is the time for us to be united, not divided. There's enough division in the world. You know that. We know that. That's not what we're speaking about. We're speaking about unity. I speak unity into the air. I speak true harmony into the spirit world. I speak true harmony into the life that we live around us, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing, how you're doing it, and we submit ourselves to you and invite you and say, Holy Spirit, come. Bring unity. Kingdom, come. Bring unity. Will of God be done. Bring unity on earth as it is in heaven. And we stand here and we pray these things just like Jesus did. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, folks, I love you. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, stuff like that, please feel free to drop us a line at Life Around the Fire. I thank those of you who have. I want to thank those of you in Africa, in Asia, in Australia, in Canada, in America, in Europe, in the islands, around the world. I want to thank you. This stuff is getting really fun, man, because we are reaching places that we could never go to right now anyway, physically. And so fortunately, there are just really cool channels that are opened up and we have the opportunity to present things. So God bless you. I hope that your day goes well. And the Life Around the Fire Gmail is just this, lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, Life Around the Fire, all one word, Life Around the Fire, lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. We'll get back to you. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, God bless you, man. Adios, amigos.